Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Keeping populations of a community free from viral disease rests in part on the success of herd immunity. Herd immunity rests on the principle of safety in numbers. If more people are immune to a certain virus, either through vaccination or through already having had the disease, then more people in the population, even if they themselves aren't immune, are protected from the disease. To illustrate this point, let's think about the bowling alleys that we're all varyingly aching to return to. Pretend this is 2019 and we're packed in for hours, not a care in the world besides our frame score and access to pizza. Let's say a guy in the first lane is there despite having that season's variant of influenza, and he passes it along to a woman in the second lane. If that woman isn't immune to that variant of influenza, then the disease will likely continue its path lane by lane until every person in the bowling alley is infected. But if that woman is immune, then the disease could well stop with her because the virus has nowhere else to go, assuming that the guy in our example didn't have contact with anyone else. By her immunity, she protected all the people on subsequent lanes, even if they didn't get a flu shot that year. Sounds simple, right? Well, it's not that simple. For many of us, chickenpox was a routine part of childhood, a minor annoyance, but rarely life-threatening. For that reason, a chickenpox vaccine was met with some skepticism when it was introduced in 1995. And still, there was a push in the United States to get children vaccinated. And studies have shown that the effort had a tremendous impact on the disease and the costs associated with it. And chickenpox hospitalizations dropped by a massive 93% as of 2012 compared with the pre-vaccine period. During the period of 2006 to 2012, when a second dose became recommended, the hospitalization rate declined by another 38%, alleviating more costs all around. Not only does a push for a chickenpox vaccine protect a child and their classmates, it can also protect grandparents who may not have had chickenpox. Protecting the elderly is also the idea behind another vaccination that many of us line up for every winter, the flu shot. Between 12,000 and 61,000 Americans have died each year of the flu since 2010. Of those, 90% of flu-related deaths and 50 to 70% of hospitalizations are people over the age of 65. While the elderly are encouraged to get a flu shot, it's actually more effective if the herd around them is vaccinated, including caretakers and visitors that might include germy grandchildren. Or let's consider polio. The success of the polio vaccine demonstrated the benefits of using immunization to protect a population, and herd immunity can be achieved for a whole host of diseases beyond chickenpox and the flu including measles, mumps, and smallpox. And while the term herd immunity seems to imply that the whole herd should be vaccinated, it actually means that the whole herd is protected if a certain percentage is immunized. Mathematical models can be used to determine exactly what percentage of the population needs to be vaccinated to prevent a given communicable disease. For example, if approximately 80 to 85% of a population is vaccinated against polio, then herd immunity is achieved. But measles is more contagious than polio, so 90 to 95% of a population needs to be vaccinated for herd immunity to be achieved there. However, just because herd immunity is achieved doesn't mean it's completely foolproof. 
vaccines themselves aren't 100% effective, and diseases can still strike those not immune to them. In some instances, an immunization is only effective for a few years, so the protection may have worn off a majority of the herd at the time of an outbreak. Childhood vaccinations may only delay the age at which outbreaks occur. For example, if a pregnant person contracts the measles, they and their unborn baby face far more complications than a child who endures the disease. So, if vaccines don't work or just put off a mass outbreak in the herd, do we even need them at all? Some people don't think a shot in the arm is worth the good of the herd. If the word vaccine strikes fear instead of hope in your heart, then you likely came of age not in a time dominated by worries about polio, but in a time when vaccines make news because of side effects ranging from mild irritation to death. The most notable example is probably the debate regarding the claim, which is not supported by any scientific studies, that an ingredient in certain childhood vaccines may have led to an increase in autism. These days, in spite of the lack of scientific evidence to support a link between vaccines and autism, and the fact that the ingredient is no longer used in most childhood vaccines, some people still have serious doubts about whether it's worth protecting herd immunity at the cost of exposing children to these supposed risks. That means that levels of vaccinations have dropped, particularly in certain parts of the United States where exemption from vaccines is granted for religious, philosophical, or personal reasons. But socioeconomic factors appear to play a bigger role than religious or personal reasons for lack of vaccination. A 2017 CDC summary noted that the percentage of children without any vaccines has risen to 1.3% for kids born in 2015, compared with a 2001 survey that found just 0.3% of children aged 19 to 35 months hadn't been vaccinated at all. The summary found this was significantly more common among children who were uninsured, Medicaid-insured, or who lived in rural areas. 17.2% of unvaccinated children were uninsured, for instance, compared with just 2.8% of all children. A study by the Health Testing Centers using CDC data found that 27 states had kindergarten populations with vaccination rates below state targets as of 2018. Parents who forego vaccinations may believe that they can rely on herd immunity to protect their children. Children who aren't immunized may be protected by the children that did get vaccinations. However, as parental fears cause vaccination rates to drop, the safety of the herd, particularly its weakest members, can become compromised. Some children aren't able to be vaccinated because of health reasons and truly need to rely on the herd for their immunity. Of course, just because science has come a long way in addressing major illnesses doesn't mean that large-scale outbreaks can't happen anymore. The COVID-19 pandemic has left healthcare experts and world leaders grappling with what the best course of action is to combat the virus for the long term. But while herd immunity is effective for some illnesses, whether it's a viable solution for COVID-19 remains to be seen. Evidence to date suggests that herd immunity is likely not a realistic option for COVID-19. For example, the country of Sweden opted to shun social restrictions adopted by much of the rest of the world in favor of offering optional guidelines to citizens and relying on herd immunity. Initial reports from April of 2020 indicated that it hadn't worked out so well, however, with Sweden experiencing a COVID-19 death rate of 8% 
compared with neighboring Denmark, 4%, and Norway, under 2%, both of which enacted greater restrictions from the get-go. Although the research into and school of thought around COVID-19 changes practically day by day, it stands to reason that herd immunity might never be the miracle solution that everyone's been praying for. And this is because the virus that causes COVID-19 is probably like other coronaviruses and influenza in that it will mutate over time. When it mutates, any antibodies from a prior infection will provide little, if any, protection. So people who came down with COVID-19 in 2020 might be protected for a few months to a year or two, but lifelong immunity is decidedly unlikely. And don't forget that COVID-19 is about 10 times more deadly than the flu, and even higher among vulnerable populations like the elderly. As a result, it's important that everyone who's able to receive a COVID-19 vaccine now sign up to receive one, and why our fingers are crossed that vaccine rollout will continue at the safest possible pace, and that other treatments will be developed soon. There's a possibility that such vaccines will become like flu vaccines, available every year to protect you and the herd from new variants. Today's episode is based on the article, How Does Herd Immunity Keep a Country Safe from Diseases? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Leah Hoyt and Molly Edmonds. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.